Amen. I think we ought to take about 15, 30 seconds and give God some great praise. Hallelujah. Has God been great to you today? Has he been great to you this week? Hallelujah. Lord, you are great and greatly to be praised. There's nobody like you, Jesus. You are high and lifted up, Lord. Oh, bless the Lord, oh, my soul. Hallelujah. Let everything that hath breath give praise unto him. Glory be to Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, we magnify you today, Lord. You're bigger than every problem. You're bigger than every trial. You're bigger than every sickness, Lord. Whoa, bless the Lord, oh my soul. Hallelujah. What a mighty God we serve. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, you can be discouraged and be down, but if you'll start to praise God, it's amazing what praising will do. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Joel chapter 2 and verse 1, we begin our reading today. Blow ye the trumpet in Zion, and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord cometh, for it is nigh at hand. Same chapter, but skipping down to verse 23. Be glad then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. For he hath given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain, and the latter rain in the first month. And the floors shall be full of wheat, and the vats shall overflow with wine and oil. And I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten, the canker worm, and the caterpillar, and the palmer worm, my great army, which I sent among you. And ye shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God that hath dwelt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. And ye shall know that I am in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God and none else. And my people shall never be ashamed. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions and also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit and I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon and the blood before that great and terrible day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord. Everybody say, call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. Whosoever, it doesn't matter where you're from, what your background is, how many sins you've committed in the past, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance as the Lord hath said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. I want to speak for this morning for the next few moments on this simple subject, the case of the missing bell. The case of the missing bell. Let's bow our heads and pray. Lord, we're thankful to be in your house. Thankful for the opportunity to worship you. What a privilege it is to come into your presence in your house with your people. I pray that you would give us courage today, Lord, to call out, to lift our voice like a trumpet 
and to sound, Lord, this gospel without fear or favor so that all could come to repentance. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. St. Philip's Church in Charleston, South Carolina was built in 1680. 1708, Gideon Johnson was sent from England to be pastor. It has a small cemetery on its church grounds with an iron fence around it. As we approached it, I was struck by a sign that said, the only ghost at St. Philip's is the Holy Ghost. There it is right there. No doubt this was a message to the many people that spend millions of dollars going on ghost tours in the historical city of Charleston, South Carolina. Interesting that people live their whole life and the Holy Ghost is available to them. The thing that really will change your life. But yet, that that is alive doesn't seem to be as interesting as that that is dead. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm glad that we serve a God that's not made with men's hands, and it's not just some ghost story or some figment of our imagination, but God is real, for I can feel Him in my soul. The church St. Philip's was badly damaged by a hurricane in 1710, and a second church made of brick was built at its present site. I believe they have a picture of it. In 1713, The second church under construction was almost destroyed again by a hurricane. In 1715, the pastor drowned in the Charleston Harbor. From 1728 to 1740, fires, hurricane, epidemics of smallpox, yellow fever, slave uprisings, Indian attacks, threats of war from the Spanish, all occurred in the neighborhood of St. Philip's. In 1780... revolutionary period. The city and the church fell to the British. In 1835, St. Philip's Church burned to the ground and was rebuilt at a rapid pace. The congregation met for a short time at Cumberland Methodist Church. Three years later, Cumberland Church burned down. During the Civil War, St. Philip's steeple was targeted for shelling by the invading Union Army. One shell exploded in the churchyard during a Sunday service. But yet the service continued uninterrupted. Now that's some dedicated folks right there, boy. You imagine if we had a shell land right out here in the parking lot. But in spite of all of these setbacks, the church was able to quickly recover and to continue to grow and thrive. But in 1861, a chime of... 11 bells was taken down from the tall steeple and contributed to the Confederate military to be melted down and recast as weaponry and ammunition. In spite of their ability to recover quickly from so many catastrophes, the bells remained missing and silent for more than 115 years. No one thought of the bells as being a priority. Until four bells were replaced in 1976 by a group of elderly church women who raised the money to install them in the steeple, saying, 
We need to sound the bell again. The new bells were dedicated at a special worship service on July 4th. According to their website, in October of 2009, the church made a decision to live under the authority of the Holy Scriptures and for its ministers to preach the Word. In 2010, St. Philip's ministers preached the Word of God and the congregation grows to 2,400 people. Now there are more than a dozen weekly Bible studies and three services according to their website. I believe from the sign that they have out front of their cemetery concerning the Holy Ghost that they made a decision as a congregation that they would be more than just a relic of the past, more than just a historical building. They made a decision that they would be a church. They would live by the dictates of the Scripture. They would embrace the Holy Ghost and they would preach the Word and the bells would ring again. I say to this great congregation that this church triumphant is not some relic of the past and it's not just something from the pages of history, but the church is still the answer to the ills of our society. Ladies and gentlemen, the gospel was never designed to be silent. When the church quits winning people, when it stops teaching the Bible and preaching the word, when it stops witnessing and winning the lost, it begins to implode from within. The bells are turned into ammunition. And people begin to attack each other. It can survive storms. It can survive the attacks of Satan. It can survive a sinful, secular society. But it cannot survive a silent bell tower. The gospel has to be preached. You and I have got to be witnesses for Jesus Christ. It can't survive a pulpit that does not preach the Word of God. It can't survive a people that will not witness to their neighbors. It can't survive spiritual laryngitis because it was designed to proclaim. I'm glad we're a part of a church that's willing to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ from the pulpit, from the internet, from Facebook, from wherever, whatever medium we have, let the world know that Jesus is the answer, that Jesus is the hope of a lost and dying world. Let the bell sound ring up from the highest tower. Jesus is the answer. I was talking the other day to an elderly man up in Vieira, and he was lamenting how the church is not what it used to be. And he told me of the church that he attends up in the Sun Tree area. He said, we just got a new pastor, and her first sermon was on coupons. And he said, last week she preached a sermon about bumper stickers and why she would never have a bumper sticker on her car that proclaims her faith in Jesus Christ. He said, when I asked her afterwards about that, she said, it's just too offensive. That's not what we're supposed to do as Christians. That doesn't surprise me, ladies and gentlemen, because churches and pulpits are almost apologizing for what the Bible says, if they refer to the Bible at all. Bells don't ring anymore. 
they've been melted down and used as cannonballs to fire at each other. 600,000 people died in the Civil War, but there's much more Christians that are dying today because the bells don't sound anymore. So all we do is fire muskets and cannon at each other. Can I tell you today, if you want joy in your life, you ought to win somebody to God. You ought to pray somebody through the altar. You ought to give a track to somebody. You ought to sound the bell. Jesus is alive. We got these new magnets that say First Pentecostal Church. And I went out there this morning and I took off my magnet that said annual Disney whatever pass holder. I didn't even put it on there. My daughter Sophia put it on the truck. And I took it off and it was sticky because of the sun and all of that. Here, Bianca, you'll use that. And I put this sticker on it. Y'all ready? Heads up. This thing's heavier than I thought it was. Who's got a car? Gregory and Luke, y'all don't have a car. And I put this thing on there. Are y'all ready? If somebody gets hurt, now don't sue me. <laughs> All right, those of you back there in the cheap seats, here it comes. Oh! I almost took off Brother Calvin Jenkins' hair. I got to get over here. I don't know if I can sail him that far. <laughs> Those of you that didn't get one, they're for sale for $3 in the bookstore. <laughs> Two for $5. <laughs> I say let's put them on all of our vehicles and let's drive around South Bavard. Jesus is the answer. We may not have a bell tower, but we've got a voice. Let's tell everybody we know. Let's tell them at Walmart. Let's tell them on Facebook. Let's tell them wherever we go and whatever we do that there is a church that preaches the word of God. Like we're going to have a contest. I want everybody to put them on your vehicles. And if our staff sees you driving around town with it, they're going to write down your license plate. And on Sunday when you get here, you're going to get a gift. You're going to get a $10 gift certificate to the Texas Roadhouse Grill. I got a whole bunch of them things. I can't eat at Texas Roadhouse enough to use them all up. And I don't need to eat there anymore myself, but I'll give them to you. If you'll put them on your cars, I say let's tell everybody that there's a place that loves people, that loves God, and that loves church. Let's tell everybody. Come on, we got to sound the bells. We got to sound the bells. Jesus is the answer. You say, oh, pastor, do we really need that in our society? Well, consider this. Last year in a church in Charleston, not far from St. Philip's, a man walked into a prayer meeting and shot nine people dead. A few weeks ago, a man walked into a nightclub in Orlando and killed 50 people. Last week, a man in Texas shot and killed several policemen. What is happening in our world today? Ladies and gentlemen, I tell you, it's the case of the missing bell. Churches need to get back to preaching the gospel. 
churches need to get back to preaching the gospel. There was a day when people would help each other. There was a day when you could shake hands with somebody and it was your bond. Your word was your bond. You didn't have to worry about being sued. You didn't have to worry about breach of contract because a man would say it, he would do it. I'm here to tell you that there was a day, hallelujah, when preachers weren't afraid to stand in their pulpit and to say what thus saith the word of God. And there was a whole lot less killing of each other. I say to you today that what we need, huh? Hallelujah is the gospel of Jesus Christ to be preached without fear and without favor. Sound the alarm. Ring the bell. Share the gospel. Tell everybody you know, Jesus loves you and so do I. I said, tell everybody you know, Jesus loves you and so do I. If we do that, there'll be a whole lot more civility in our society. There'll be a lot more going on around these church altars. Because people will realize that there's a God that loves them. And the bride of Christ has to demonstrate the same love of God. That's why our theme this year is love God, love church, love people. We ought to tell everybody we know and do all that we can to proclaim the love of Jesus Christ. How did St. Philip survive without bells? Well, between 1893 and 1915, a beacon, a light was put in the steeple, and it was used to guide ships into the harbor. If you can't ring the bell, then shine the light. But tell everybody you know, Jesus is the light of the world. You and I rub shoulders every day with people who are in trouble. They're in rocky waters, danger. On every side. The church has to be a beacon. What did St. Philip's do? In 1989, Hurricane Hugo caused severe damage to the church. Restoration costs totaled $4.5 million. But in 1990, just one year after this devastation, St. Philip's church began sending medical teams to Haiti and to Honduras. Ladies and gentlemen, that's how you recover. If you're dealing with a catastrophe in your life, let me tell you how you recover. You start serving fellow humans. You start reaching out to other brothers and sisters. You start reaching out to the world you're around. You start helping those that are in need. I'm going to tell you something right now. There's something about having the joy of the Lord in your heart. It's more valuable than a bank account of $10 million. There's a whole bunch of people that got a lot of money and they're so miserable. Every day is a miserable day. But I'd rather be broke and be happy and know that Jesus is on my side and know I'm doing what I can to help others. Oh, I tell you, I feel like sounding the bell. I feel like shouting from the rooftop. I feel like telling everybody, I know that Jesus is the answer. If you're down, find somebody that you can help. If you're discouraged, share the love of God. Sometimes sharing the love of God requires tough love. Requires you to teach the word that doesn't always validate people's sinful lifestyle. That's not the absence of love, ladies and gentlemen. That's the personification of love. Whenever you say, this is what the Bible says. Genesis chapter 19 tells us of a man by the name of Lot. 
who's Abraham's nephew. He had chose to live in the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah because they were well watered and they were beautiful, full of palm trees, an oasis in a desert. But it was a sinful place. And Lot chose to be silent in a sinful world that he lived in. He never witnessed. He never preached righteousness. Not even to his family. Maybe he was afraid. Maybe he didn't want to have to be, you know, a salmon swimming upstream. Maybe he just wanted to go along and get along. Maybe he wanted to be tolerant and just go with the flow. But Joel says, blow the trumpet. You don't do your kids any service by staying silent as they get on a wayward path. Somebody's got to blow the trumpet. Somebody's got to ring the bell. There's danger over there. That's going to lead to trouble. Lot couldn't do it. When he finally told his family that God was going to destroy the cities and that they had to leave right away, they mocked him as a crazy man. That was talking out of his head. The Bible says in the King James Version as one that beateth the air. You know why? Because he had never told them before. They had never heard that before. Oh, my friend, they got to hear it when they're two months old and five months old and ten months old. and Come on, somebody, 14 months and two years and three years. Bring them to Sunday school. Don't wait till they're 25 years old. And then say, hey, y'all need to live right. You'll be like one that beateth the air. You got to do it when they're young. Hallelujah. Put it in their heart. Sound the bell. Sound the bell. We're going to church today. Well, why? We're just going to hear that crazy old preacher preach another one of his sermons. We're going to be in the house of God because we're not going to get in the habit of missing church. It's too easy. If we're in town, we're going to be in the house of God. We're going to get to the house of God. Hallelujah. Because you know what? We want to make sure we're sounding the bell. We want to make sure by the lives that we live in the example that going to the house of God is the most important thing that we could ever do. The life that you live sounds the bell. When they're having that old party, you know, down there at your work and they invite you to come and you know it's going to be a bunch of drinking and carrying on. You say, no, I don't think I'm going to go. And they're like, come on, Joe. You don't ever socialize with the rest of people starting to talk like you think you're better than everybody else. Boy, they'll, they'll say kind of, that kind of stuff to you. Try to put pressure on you like that. You say, I love everybody. I love y'all so much. I'm not going to go down there and participate in y'all's debauchery. Well, they don't ask you anymore after that. <laughs> no, because sin wants you to be silent. Sin wants you to suffer in silence. Sin does not want you to cry out. Well, you're going to go down there to that church and go down to that altar and make a fool out of yourself. You ought to just sit still. Don't make a noise. Sin wants you to sit on the wayside. Suffer there until you die. That's why the Bible says that sin, when it is finished... Bringeth forth death. You know why? Because death is the ultimate state of silence. If sin can do it, it'll kill every one of you. Because you don't have a witness in the grave. You can't witness to your family if you're in the grave. 
That's why you ought to spend every waking moment that you've got standing for righteousness, standing for truth, to family, to friends, to spouses. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, it's more important than NASCAR. It's more important than the Super Bowl. It's more important than a ball game. you got to tell everybody you know that Jesus is the way. Sin doesn't want you to come to an altar. Sin doesn't want you to cry out. But I'm glad that the Bible says that blind Bartimaeus cried out from the wayside. Some people... The enemy convinces them they can't respond to God until they get all their ducks in a row. Once I get that worked out, then this worked out, then that worked out, then I'll start to get right with God. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, that's about like saying you're going to start physical exercise once you get back from this and once you do that and once you get through the weekend and then Monday. And you know what it is? It's always something else. I'm going to start a diet tomorrow, but tonight I'm eating ice cream, and tomorrow it's somebody's birthday party. I got back from this trip, and I got on the scale and went, wah, screamed so loud the whole house could hear me. I said to my wife, that's it, no more sweets for me. This is just last night. <laughs> it wasn't an hour. And my wife said, Sophia's birthday party is this week as her birthday, but she's got Maddox and Connor and her friends are over, so we're having a little birthday thing for her tonight. Come on out here. We're going to light the candle. She's turning seven. She's got friends, and we've got ice cream. I said, okay. So I went out there, and I gathered around and helped sing happy birthday to her. And her birthday's not till like Saturday or something. I don't know. They have birthdays now all week long, don't they, Brother Richard? <laughs> and we help. We, we sort of, you know, enable them in this process. Of... So we're all standing out there, and I'm just watching them kids eat ice cream, and I'm thinking of my commitment. My daughter says, Daddy... Aren't you going to eat some ice cream? It's my birthday. Well. <laughs> Sometimes we think, oh, I'm going to get right with God, but I got to get that worked out in that relationship, make sure, go and return the money I owe to that guy and apologize to that one because I, I cursed that. I wasn't supposed to. I did that. I mean, when I get all that, then I'm going to come. You got to cry out from the wayside. You got to cry out in the midst of all your junk. You got to cry out, Jesus, the son of David. I ain't waiting for tomorrow. I'm not waiting till everything's worked out. I'm going to do it now. Jesus is the answer. I need you, Jesus. Psalms chapter 30 and verse 12. The psalmist said, to the end, to the end. That my glory may sing praise to thee and not be silent. Oh Lord my God, I will give thanks unto thee forever. Ladies and gentlemen, 
We need to sound the bells of praise. We ought to praise God now like we never have before. You ought to sing songs of Zion wherever you are. When I was up there in Charleston, I went to a plantation called Boone Hall Plantation. Went through all the history that went around on the tour. Went over to these little houses where the slaves lived. And I went through all these different houses and they had all this different historical stuff. And then I got in this one building and they said, this is where the slaves had church. And they had people set up in there, you know, stuff people to represent how they'd come in there and pray and so forth. And they said they weren't allowed to learn how to read. They wouldn't let them learn how to write. But they couldn't stop them from having church. Dear God Almighty. They finally gave them a little building. Said, y'all can have church in that building. But the little building couldn't hold it. Because they'd start getting out in the fields and they'd start singing. They say, we don't know how to stop them. They got so much praise in them. It don't matter how hot it is. It don't matter how hard they work. They're out there singing. They're out there worshiping God. Ladies and gentlemen, you ought not to wait until you're a slave to sin. You ought not to wait until the heat of wrong choices and wrong decisions are destroying your life. You ought to praise Him now. You ought to praise Him now. You ought to praise Him now. Praise ought not to just be in the house of God. You ought to praise Him in your car. You ought to praise Him on your job. I'll tell you what. You want to know whether or not you can praise God? See Brother Jimmy about doing a fireworks tent next summer. Uh Uh-huh. You get out there. It's so hot. Man, we got down to Honduras to that orphanage. The first day we got there, the water pump broke. No water. No showers. I said, well, our group from church is going to be here the next day. We got to get this worked out. They got it worked out that night. The very next day, just an hour before our group was to arrive. Blew up the transformer. All the electricity gone. No air conditioning. Boy, I tell you what. Here everybody arrives. We just got water feeling good. Now there's no electricity. But I was so proud of our group. Boy, they come in there singing and worshiping God. Well, that'll end after 24 hours of sweating. The next day, they were out on the streets passing out tracks. Boy, I tell you what, when you go down to the landfill and you witness and pray for people that are living in the city dump, you realize you don't have anything to complain about. Some people say, well, pastor, I'd sound the bell, but I got a lot of problems. That's when you sound the bell. That's when you bless the Lord, oh, my soul. And all that in me is. You want to defeat the enemy? You defeat him with a shout. A shout of triumph. We were down there in Honduras. We went to the tower of a church in Camayagua. It used to be the old capital of Honduras, Santa Maria Cathedral. It has the second oldest working clock in the world. I don't know. Down there it is. There's a picture of it right there. About three times the size of this pulpit. They didn't pay any attention to it then. They don't pay any attention to it now. But it just still keeps on ticking. 
It's gravity fed. 900 years ago, that thing was invented. Beaten metal. You come through different areas and finally it got to Honduras because Kamiyagua is kind of the center of Honduras and Honduras is the center of the Americas and, and they put it there. When it hits the top of the hour, it pulls a rope. The bells are up above. And for them to all ring, this little man has to climb up these little tiny spiral stairs, get up there in the bell tower. And there's all these bells up above the clock. And when the clock dings at the top of the hour, it pulls a rope over there on the right, upper right-hand corner. And when it pulls a rope, it signifies to the little man up above that it's time to ring the bells. And that old clock has only got one rope. But there's about eight bells that need to ring. So the little man ties a rope on his one hand. And he ties another rope on this hand. And he ties a rope on each leg. And he ties a rope around his waist. And when that thing says it's time, that little man starts going. <laughs> you talk about feeling awkward. You talk about looking awkward. But all through Kamayagua, all through the square, the bells are ringing. <laughs> I don't know what's happening on the inside. I don't even know how that clock works. But there's a little man up there that says the bells are not going to be silent. It may be awkward to praise God in your darkest hour. But you got to ring the bells anyhow. It may be awkward to show love to your neighbor when they've betrayed you, but you got to ring the bells anyhow. It may be awkward to witness when they don't want to hear it, but you got to ring the bells anyhow. Sound the alarm. Sound the alarm. Even if it's awkward, even if it's uncomfortable, ring the bell anyhow. Ring them for the next generation. Sing the songs of praise. Lift your voice like a trumpet. Cry out to God with your needs. Teach the word. Preach the word. Live the life. Jesus. Jesus. If you will not speak, I will cause the rocks to cry out. You are my people. Why are you silent? Why do you go day for day and do not sound the alarm? Don't you know I'm coming? Don't you know that the day is going to arrive when you cannot speak? Do you not know that I look unto thee, my people, to witness, to speak? You sound the alarm. Why are you quiet? Why do you go about the 
Jesus. My God. Boy, if I've ever heard a direct mandate from heaven, that's it. We can't wait another moment. Let's stand to our feet. God help us. Jesus. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It was Joel that Peter referred to in Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Ghost was poured out. This is the mandate upon those that are Holy Ghost filled. I want you to lift your hands and your voice right now. I want you to step out from where you're standing and come to this altar. I want this entire building right now to be full of bells sounding, lives declaring, voices crying out to God. Come on, my friend. You don't have another day, not another moment. We got to do it right now. We got to do it right now. Got to do it right now. from the wayside crowd from the wayside Jesus thou son of David I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh Yes, in the name of Jesus. Don't be silent anymore. For we stand with lips and other tongue will I speak to my people. Lift your voice like a trumpet. Speak out those words. Let it come from your heart. I give everything to you, Lord. Jesus.
in the name of Jesus. I've got to have more of you, Jesus. Jesus. No place I'd rather be. No place I'd rather be. Thank you in your love. Here in your love. No place I'd rather be. Jesus. Oh, yes, Lord. No place I'd rather be. Here in your love. I want to pray several prayers this morning. First prayer I want to pray is for every single individual that's never received the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. There is something about, the Bible describes it as being a well of living water springing up. And every one of us were designed for that artesian well to spring forth from our innermost being. The Bible describes it as living waters that flow from our innermost being. And I believe that there are two things that take place when you receive the Holy Ghost. It is when you worship God and it is when you believe that God wants to fill you with the Spirit of the Lord. There's something about praise and faith when it comes together, it creates an internal combustion and there's this something inside of your spirit. Your natural man maybe doesn't understand it, but there's something that flows. Many of you have received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Many of you perhaps it may still be new to you, but it's something that is a gift that God wants every single person to have. In fact, Joel, the Old Testament prophet that we read in our opening text, he said, if you call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. And then he said that in those last days, those are the days we're living in right now today, that it would come and your sons and your daughters and they would be filled with the Spirit and handmaids. It didn't matter what your socioeconomic level is or what status or class it was for every single person but it required us calling upon the name of the Lord I wonder right now all across this building if you'd lift your hands right now and would you lift your voice and would you begin to praise him and as you do if you've received the gift of the Holy Ghost begin to speak out whatever you feel in your spirit just let it come out what happened is what Brother Richie was teaching about from Acts 8, Acts 2, Acts 10, Acts 19. The initial evidence of receiving the Holy Ghost is they begin to speak. Come on, that's your spirit wanting to sound the bell. It's a heavenly language. Let it go. Oh, yes! That's it, that's it! That's it, that's your soul praying. From praise, it comes from praise. I bless you, Jesus. I bless you, Jesus. I bless you, Jesus. Jesus. 
receive your spirit, Lord. Come on, if it's been a little while. Go ahead. I bless you, Lord. That's it. That's the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus. Oh, yes, Lord. I receive it, Lord. I receive it, Lord. No place I'd rather be. I want to pray right now for those that may be suffering in their body or maybe you're standing in place of someone that can't be here this morning because of some physical condition. I want us to cry out like blind Bartimaeus on the wayside. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. I want us to cry out and say, God, I need you. I'm not going to suffer in silence anymore. I'm tired of living in fear. I'm tired of living in despondency. I'm tired of living on the wayside. Come on, God's got something greater for you. He wants to heal your body so you've got strength. You need a healing in your body right now. Lift up your hands all over the building. By the authority of the Word of God. By the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And by the power of the name of Jesus. I pray that you would release healing virtue, Lord. I pray that you would dispatch ministering spirits, oh God. Heal those that are hurting in their body. Bring strength right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, that's it. If the Lord is touching you, you ought to give him some praise. If the Lord is healing you, you believe God's doing it, give him some praise right now. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I cry out to you, Lord. I need you, Jesus. Give strength to your body, Lord. To the body of Christ. Strength to declare your word. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, yes, Jesus. No place I'd rather be, Lord. I want to pray right now for this church. I want to pray that God will give us boldness 
in these last days to declare the Word of God, to teach home Bible studies, to witness to our neighbors. I want to pray that God would give us boldness. If you've got a desire to win somebody to the Lord this year, would you lift your hands and your voices right now? In the name of Jesus Christ. I pray that you would open the doors, Lord. I pray that you would give the body of Christ boldness to declare your truth, O oh God. To my children, to family members, to my friends, to my co-workers, to my fellow students, to everybody I know. Give us boldness to stand for righteousness. Oh, yes, in the name of Jesus. We're not going to sit silent on the wayside. We're not going to sit by and keep quiet as our loved ones go to hell. Somebody's going to sound the alarm. I need more of you, Lord. conclude this morning by praying that God would give us a revival of praise and worship that there would be a praise that would erupt from the depths of our heart that would not be dependent on what anybody around us is doing but that there would be a fire down inside of our own soul and that we would worship God in spite of whatever circumstances we're facing I wonder right now those of you that are still here would you lift your voice right now and would you begin to worship God with a determination and a tenacity? That's it, that's it. That's it. I bless the name of Jesus. I bless the name of Jesus. Come on, God wants to restore some joy in people's lives. It's going to come through praise. It's going to come through worship. Oh, yes, the Lord. Yes, yes, yes. No place I'd rather be. Oh, yes, Lord.
Jesus. Jesus. Yes, Lord. Come on, God's speaking right now. Yes, Lord. Come on, why don't we get brother with brother, sister with sister? I still feel the Lord working. Come on, we need to get one with another right now. We're going to sound the bell. We're not going to turn the bells into cannonballs. We're not going to turn the bells into muskets. Come on, we're going to sound the bells. We're going to reach an unsaved world. Ilo la boca, tara la bocilla. 